The Cleveland Guardians are on a three-game losing streak since their non-call with pinch hitting with the bases loaded. We're going to get into this weekend's games and talk about a lot of moves in action in the minor leagues on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I'm going to be transparent. I am currently recording this as the Sunday game is playing. So I'm not necessarily going to get too much into the Sunday game. But let's just talk about the lineup. Uh, It is a disaster show of a lineup. There's no other way to put it. Ernie Clement, just the fact that he is a a right-handed batter doesn't mean he's good against lefties. He's not good in general. We've talked about it. 26th worst hitter in baseball, according to Runs Created Plus, with over 100 plate appearances. One of the, again, I think he's a useful major leaguer. He can play, you know, left field in a pinch. He can play any spot on the infield. He can play all over. He runs very well. He has a lot of positive traits. Playing him as much as they are playing him is absolute, absolute, you know, it's punting that place. It's terrible. It's the wrong call. I'm so mad about this. I forgot to introduce myself. I'm Jeff Ellis, host of Locked on Guardians, as I have been since the inception of this podcast. Before that, I was the host of Locked Up, or no, before that, I wasn't the host of anything. Well, I mean, I was the host of Smoke Signals with Tony Lastoria back when I wrote an Indians Prospect and Indians Baseball Insider. And then, uh, you know, I was the national uh, prospect and draft analyst for Scout in 24 uh, 7. And I want to thank you for making Locked and Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. And also tell you that today's episode is brought to you by one of our very special sponsors, Bet Online. Uh, you know them, you know love them. They have covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. So to get back to my righteous indignation, Ernie Clement is being overplayed, overused, overexposed. And this lineup today is hot trash for a lot of reasons. Ugh. And there's uh, that is for the error. You know, Andres rarely makes those. And let's talk about it. Like, Boston ran themselves out of the first inning. It should have been bases loaded one out, but thanks to trying to run on Luke Maley, they got thrown out. Now, I wonder if, you know, someone pointed this out, and I should have saved the tweet so I could uh, tell you who, but it's like, I think it's, so it's like hard to get mad on Andres. It's like, is that really an error? It hit second base. That's not his fault. It was a bad hop. Um, so, taking back what I said, it's hard because, you know, you just see a ball bounce up when you're not watching the game directly. But it, it lightly stolen bases, and the reason teams are running so much is more on the pitchers, it feels like, than the catchers. So we'll have to see. But they ran themselves out of the first. Uh, Cleveland, you know, had the the walk and then uh, double play strikeout. <laughs> but this lineup is not a lineup that's going to let you win games. Let's just be honest about that. Front and center, this lineup is awful. And then the other thing, too, it's like Owen Miller has been so exposed. Yeah, March and April, he was fantastic. Uh, he was walking 12% of the time. His bat pip was nearly 500. Oh, that's that's why. Like that, you want to know why he was so good? His bat pip was 200 points above where it should be. So yeah, he's hitting 400, and his bat pip shows he's probably closer to a 200 hitter. You know what? He's been in May and June. He had 211 and 216 runs created plus for his first two months. 228 since then. 61 and 53. He is a bench bat. Though we are potentially a platoon bat, and hey, they got the stolen base this time. But 
he is a bench bat that is being overplayed as a starter. I don't think right now you can take the you know the 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 great start and then just take that for yeah this guy's certainly a starter. We just don't have that data. I mean, th- there's nothing to really back that up. March and April was 50 at bats. Since then, he's at 164 more, showing him not to be that. So I think you really need to, the Guardians really need to reevaluate, uh, figure out. Right now, with everyone healthy, Miller should maybe be in the Clement role. And Clement should maybe, again, if you don't have the roster space, they're carrying a lot of outfielders right now, That you got to figure something out. Miller is not a starter. You know, I talked about his platoon numbers, or uh, yeah, his platoon numbers. It's like he was at a 115 and a 100. Now he's down to a 101 and a 98 because they're not really playing in versus righties as much. But it's like, okay, if you keep him here, still, Savali with his third walk already, I want to say this game is going to get out of hand in a hurry. Um, yeah, I mean, it, w- right now he's only one inning in, and he's that's his fifth base runner, I want to say. Uh, maybe sixth, if you because <laughs> the, the hit batter I didn't think about. But yeah, it's it's this game's already getting out of hand. But yeah, this lineup, just getting into it, it's again like Miller had a good small sample. That's why you don't get excited about small sample size. Fifty at bats, fifty-eight plate appearances. Since then, again, he has had one hundred and eighty-three plate appearances of well, well, well below average. So the question is: Last year, when he had runs created pluses under seventy. And now, so far, every month except for March and April, he's had that. Maybe that's who he is. He was. There's a reason why. Like, I think he is a he's a potential major leaguer. I think he's a solid player, but I don't think he's a starter. I think he's more of a bench guy. That's how he was when he was acquired. And this is a team, you know, it's got some young players they can see. They got some guys to try out. I don't think at this point in time, is there anyone out there who's still, like, all in on Miller? And in batting him one, what do you do? It's like they're not even... It's, well, I would argue with a lot of the things of late, it feels like over the past two weeks, Tito isn't paying attention. They're just not doing things that make a lot of logical sense. Let's get into these games, though, so I don't have to watch this inning uh, explode. So let's talk about uh, the Friday game first. <sighs> Nick Pavetta is a great story. I remember seeing him throw absolute gas. Like He got the press box talking when he was a reliever. Um, i trying to remember which system that he came up in. I want to say Philly. Yeah, Philly. And didn't work out in Philly, but what? I mean, that's the thing. Look at Boston. Underrated team in terms of what they can do. I mean, Pavetta and Schreiber were not people who came up in their own system. And then the Guardians had to sit there. You know, Quantrell was okay. Henches was great. Brian Shaw got lit up. Uh, Ghosts struggled with command. Yohan Ramirez had to sit there and get exposed because they needed someone to eat innings. He gets sent down. Uh, side note, we'll just get this one out of the way. Talking about this. Tanner Tully gets added. Why Tanner Tully? Well, they need someone who can eat innings in case this start gets out of hand, which it's looking like right now for Aaron Savale. If this start gets out of hand, you need someone who can come in and eat a bunch of innings. You need someone that when Karen Chalk, or Corinne Chalk, I should say, is ready to go, you can, you need a 40-man spot. Tanner Tully is likely to pass through waivers. I don't see him getting claimed. He's an organizational soldier. This is, you know, it's great for him. More chances, more opportunities. Uh, Nice double play there. I don't think we're going to see him. I don't think anyone's going to claim him. I, again, think he is a guy who does everything this organization asks of him. Uh, he has been a fantastic pitcher throughout, just never always doing his job. I think he'll eventually be a coach for them, honestly. But they added a guy who they knew they could pass through waivers at a later date when that is needed. 
because again, Ramirez, you know, through two innings to, to eat this game up for them. I mean, Shaw essentially blew it open. I mean, that's where it is. This was a game that was tied before that. And then in the ninth, uh, each side got a run across it. You know, it's one of those where there was a chance for them to maybe win this one at points. It's unfortunate because, you know, this is what started the losing streak, but you go through, like, just do the box score bingo. Each side had 12 hits. Uh, Cleveland had zero walks. Boston had six. That's the difference in it right there is the command issues. And you had two walks by Quantrell, two by Ghost, one by Shaw, one by Ramirez. Um, not to mention the intentional walk of Story. And then, you know, one, two, two hit by pitches. So it's like three walks, three of those walks, plus the six normal walks. That's nine walks. So they had 21 opportunities and they got six runs. Considering they had three double, no, that's wrong, four doubles because Verduga had two. And then two home runs, six extra base hits really means that like they should have had much more than six runs in this one. On the other side of things, Cleveland had their three hits, the zero walks, the one uh, hit batter, Straw, gives them 13 opportunities. The fact they only had the one extra base hit, that home run off of uh, Nick Pavetta, really stands out. And, and that's the other thing. I didn't even give Boston credit also for the error. So it's like 22 opportunities on six runs. That's a low amount. Like Boston should have really blown this game open. Uh, Cleveland had 13 opportunities. Three runs is about right. And yeah, this was it was an ugly game uh, all around. You know, you had the error. You had... Um, the, at least you had the Oscar Gonzalez throw. That was the highlight of this game. And you go through, it's like, it wasn't a bad start. It wasn't a good start by Quantrell. It was just solid. You'd like to see him go a little bit deeper uh, into a game. Who were the th- who reached base multiple times? Well, Jimenez had three hits. You had two hits by Fran Mill, two hits by Quan, two hits by Rosario, and Straw had the, uh, the hit, and he got hit. So that's it for this one. Jose, I'm a little bit concerned that his thumb isn't healthy. Let's just go out and say that. Uh, you know, I feel like maybe that is something we need to pay attention to. Again, since we're going to be kind of moving in this one, uh, I'll save the three stars for after our commercial break, and then we'll get into the second game of what has been a just a wind-sucking-out series for the Cleveland Guardians. Listen, I just enjoy Athletic Greens. It's nice that they, they believed in their product so much. The Lockdown Network is not a big network. or I'm sorry, it is a big network. It's the opposite of what I meant to say. It is a very big network, and they sent it to everyone. Because they, one, that's like, that's that's a cost, but it's they believed that us trying their product would allow us to market it better. And I'll say trying it, it is a great product. I enjoyed it. It was a product, when I had it, I used it every day. I just haven't been using it every day because I haven't had a chance to buy uh, a new thing. And I'm totally going to re-up at some point. You know, Lindsay, who we've had on this show, was willing to buy from anyone else in network. He would pay for you to ship it to him because he loved it so much. Uh, it's just... It tastes good. It's full of nutrients. Uh, you know, it's a um, it's a, a company that cares. They're a, a climate neutral one. They give stuff to kids. And on top of it, like I said, it's a super nice box with all the ingredients. It's got that nice earthy taste. It's a little bit of citrus, uh, and it's full, full, full of all the things you need. And it's got less than one gram of sugar. You don't want that. No GMOs. To support better sleep quality and recover, supports. Uh, mental clarity and alertness right now to make and oh before i get into that athletic greens use the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing you want to see third-party testing to let you know it's not just in-house that's when things get a little bit shaky they don't do that at athletic greens how about having over seven thousand five star reviews 
To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packets with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash MLB network. That is athleticgreens.com backslash MLB network. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We also got to talk about our friends over at Blue Nile. You know, this is a jewelry company that, I mean, they do things original is what I always talk about. It's not cookie cutter. It's not like what you go see in the mall and you get help. Like you can go on, they have 24 seven customer support, fine jewelry, engagement rings, whatever you're looking for in terms of jewelry, you can find it over at bluenile.com. And again, you're getting something that is original, something that is not going to look like you're not going to see a similar, you're not going to see someone else wearing a similar ring. Go to bluenile.com today and make the moment sparkle with jewelry from Blue Nile and Locked On Sports. Listeners get fifty dollars off purchases of five hundred more. This is a podcast. Ex- in- this podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code Locked On. That's code Locked On. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever piece. Go to bluenile.com today. So credit where it's due. Thanks to the double play, Savale got out of it. Uh, it is only five base runners. I think the extra walk uh, I was was the hit by a batter there. Uh, Framil Reyes leading off with the double. That is a positive sign. He has played better since he's come back. Not a ton better, but he has played better since he has came off the disabled list. We'll see what can happen here with Oscar Gonzalez. But as I talked about going back into this game, who are the three stars in this one? Well, obviously Andres. Andres uh, with the three hits and the you know the the home run, his eighth of the year. That's an easy one to make. And then after that part of me, even though Oscar went 0 for 4 with two strikeouts, that defensive play almost puts him in there. Quantrell, it's five innings, two earned runs. I'm going to give him credit for that. I'm going to stand by that, even if it wasn't the cleanest five. Uh, I think in a game like this, you know, it, it stands out for performance. And then when you're looking at it, okay, so who reached base multiple times? Well, you got Straw, but they weren't both hits, and none of them were extra bases. And you have Quan and Rosario. Well, Rosario had the error, Quan didn't. Now, Rosario also had a stolen base, so did Andres. So maybe, I think at the end of the day, I go with Quan for the third star in that one. It was, again, Boston should have blown him out just based on how many guys reached base. But uh, they kept it close, and it's just kind of one of those games they could have won. It's an unfortunate one. Moving on to this Saturday game. We saw Shane Bieber pitch pretty well for the majority of this game. He just sixth inning, right? That's that's where things got him going through the lineup again. As we just kind of go and talk about the sixth in general, so you get the hard part with Devers. Like that's the one you're probably most concerned about, and then Martinez, Bogarts, Verdugo with the slam, and that's then he gets the fly out to end it, but just. Going through the middle of the lineup again, and the middle of the lineup in Boston made the Guardians pay for going back through. Uh, it was his third time through, and they got him. It happens sometimes. I mean, with a Shane Bieber, I, I don't blame them for sending him out. That's not one of those situations where I'm like, you know, why'd they do that? At the same time, you, Josh, I believe it was Josh, when, when Chukowski, like they should have done more against him this isn't exactly a big name prospect I get it he's new he's coming up he's playing well but like you want th- this is a game you p- you mark as a should win for the Guardians B- 
because of who is out there and because of what's happening, it should be a win. Um, what's interesting with it is, you know, we're seeing a little bit more of, or no, we didn't see that. It's like, I don't, Owen Miller batting where he batted, you know, batting sixth in this one. Again, with what we talked about and him not being that good against righties, I don't get it. I don't understand the lineup in this one. You're giving Oscar Gonzalez a day off. That's fine. Richie Palacios has done enough to deserve playing. But <sighs> lineup construction is just a real question for me right now. Uh, I mean, it's like the what was the news headlines? Like Ahmed Rosario leads the league in triples. That's that's what we have to get excited about. Trevor Steffen was was very you know it was a solid performance by him. He gave up the two hits in the walks, but he worked his way out of it. And Neil gave up and uh, an earned run his first in a while. It wasn't. You know, he had two hits, two walks, and an intentional walk. Uh, looking through your box score bingo, as I call it, who reached base twice? Well, Quan reached base twice. It feels like the leadoff spot is uh, more good for him. Framil Reyes reached base twice. You know, he didn't reach base at all. Jose Ramirez, again, worried that he is not healthy. Uh, but that's it. You just had Quan and you had Jose. Or not Jose, Framil. That's it. Your only extra base hit was Rosario. You don't really have anything else. There's no stolen bases, nothing. Um, it's an ugly performance offensively. There's just not a whole lot there. And then the ninth. Do we talk about the ninth? I mean, this was really the chance to get there. Uh, you know, they, or no, this wasn't the ninth. Uh, the ninth on Friday's game was the big ninth. I, I was getting confused in my head. Um, Cleveland didn't do anything in the ninth on uh, on Friday. I mean, it was, again, it was just the offense really didn't do anything. They didn't show up. I know you're saying seven hits, three walks, they had ten base runners. Yeah, but they just they couldn't put it together, and there was no hard hit. There was no extra base hits. There was nothing that seemed to really go. Oh, Ernie Clement, double play. There's a shot. Oh, night. see? Give credit to Andres. He stopped the double play there. Again, Clement shouldn't be in this game because... The platoon junk is just that junk. Uh, it's incredibly frustrating to see them like lean into something that just doesn't make any sense. But Andreas, he broke it up. That That's how you get there. That is how you get there. He gets the walk. And I felt like in that situation, they were walking around him. I felt like they weren't going to give him anything to hit. Everyone knows that he is a near all-star player right now. And what do you got after him? You have trash performances not people these are great people but clement is not playing well maley has been very bad because remember how hot he was like he has been worse than hedges over the last month offensively so why would you throw to andres you have first base open do the uh, the old unintentional intentional walk right and that's what they did and then they nearly got the double play and then we'll see what happens here but it's just so frustrating to see the way this lineup is constructed and the way they're leaning into platoons and i'm all for a platoon i know it's kind of an outdated thought to some people it's it's kind of one of those first things that like uh maybe was a uh, to really lean into the platoon splits was maybe a decade ago but it, it it can work if you have the players for it the guardians don't have the bats to really lean into the platoon the way they are but this saturday game uh you know beaver pitched well and the guardians were up to nothing and then four unearned four unearned four unanswered runs and the offense just wasn't there. Your three stars in this one. Um, I, I still give it to Bieber for going seven. Six hits. You'd like to see a higher amount of strikeouts. The two walks. It's just. 
I mean, what else can you do? You gotta give it to him. You give it to Quan for reaching base twice, and you give it to Franmil for reaching base twice. Uh, there's just not a whole lot that stood out in this game. Uh, the overall, you know, we added up. Boston had five walks. Again, a high amount of walks relative to all things. So they had 15 plus the intentional walk gives them 16 base runners. Uh, four runs on 16 is actually low, especially when you consider they had two, three extra base hits. Man, Kevin Plowecki would be a better catcher. Well, I don't know. He's been pretty bad. Let's let's back off that. But uh, so they had six opportunities. So we already did that. Cleveland had seven hits and just three walks. So that's 10 and 11 with the error. So 11 opportunities. Both teams are on the low side. But again, it happens when it's less extra base hits. It was, listen, that makes three losses in a row. That's not what you want to see. It is a team that took over first and then immediately fell apart. Um and we would, you know, no one wants to see something like that occur, right? You want to see them keep pushing, keep pushing. Uh, unfortunately, they just have not been, the offensively hasn't been there. Is Luke May, nope, I thought for a second he was going to make me look bad. And, you know, keep saying, I'm trying to reverse jinx as much as I can right now. But when you're looking at this overall game and what the Guardians did in these first two games in the Boston series, it's just... The pitching was okay. The starting pitching was good-ish. Like, they, there was no dominance. And there wasn't dominance with the offense either. And, again, I just worry about Jose's health right now with that thumb. Since he's been hurt, has he looked like the same guy to you? He hasn't looked like the same guy to me. Let me know what you think. Remember to hit me up on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. Let's take our third break here. Come back and talk about uh, a multitude of moves in the minors. Bet Online is it covered right now. They're your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs in Major League Baseball. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check all of your favorite sports and events like MMA, boxing, golf, and baseball. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. So I did want to take a second here and just let people know I did like a 40 pick mock draft on my personal account last week. Uh, if you want to go find that, uh, I linked it in my uh, on my Twitter at Jeff MLB Draft. Uh, why did I not do it as a podcast? Well, I know a lot of people kind of want. That, you know, they, they not always, it's interesting because the draft stuff is either like my highest numbers or my lowest numbers. You know, it's just, it's one way or it's the other. Uh, it's so, and then the other thing is honestly, like on my personal account, I can just sit down and do a stream of conscious chat and I don't have to worry about how long it goes. I don't have to worry about, um, anything. I can just sit there and do it. There's no ads, nothing like that. It's just something different. If you want that content, go check that out. Now let's talk about all the roster moves. So we mentioned the Tanner Tully edition. Let's talk about Victor Nova. Uh, he was one of the pieces in the in the Kevin Bauer deal. It was Kevin Bauer in the Trevor Bauer deal? Uh, he you know he got some opportunities these past two years in the upper minors. He walks a lot. He's got a good approach at the plate, uh, but he also struck out a lot. Uh, didn't show any power at all. He's a small guy. He's got like the Jose Ramirez compact build, and Cleveland took a, a gamble. They took a swing on a guy who had a good approach at the plate, who could play multiple, who, 
had a Jose Ramirez starter kit. Size, plays multiple positions, can you know understand the zone, uh, but it's a starter kit. Doesn't mean it's going to progress from there, and unfortunately for him, it didn't really progress. Uh, he got his opportunities, but there was no power. There wasn't the Jose power. There wasn't anything like that. He struggled to make contact, and he was let go because, again, remember, you can't keep everyone anymore. You need to you got to have open roster spots as you go through and add players when someone gets healthy. Um, you know, yeah, I'd have to go through and see like if there was a direct one. There's also needs to be an opening of uh, roster spots just so you can, when you draft players, you're going to start assigning them to the minors. So the other thing Victor Nova's uh, release did was it opened up an outfield spot. John Kenzie Noel got promoted. I'm a little bit surprised. That's pretty aggressive, but they've been very uh, aggressive in their promotions. He's playing right field, I want to say, for... Uh, the Akron uh, Rubber Ducks throughout this weekend. Go check him out. I mean, he was on a huge home run tear. His home run pace was uh, phenomenal in high A. And, I mean, they barely played in high A. He played, what, two months there and then like a month at the end of last year. They're going to see what they have. Uh, And I think why are they being so aggressive? He's already on the 40, man. They got to try to figure things out. So, yeah, it's interesting that they made that push for him uh, so quickly to get up there. Now, the other reason he's playing in right field is there was another series of moves today. Three players released. Uh, Jonathan Engelman, uh, want to talk about like a life comes at you fast thing released on June 22nd on June 20th. He is listed amongst the top performers in the guardian system. Um, so yeah, top performers two days later, he's like, Oh, and you know, he was an interesting day three selection, a 31st round pick out of Michigan big guy six foot three big tools physical tools but hadn't been great at michigan hadn't seemed to put together you're kind of hoping to see what he could do but since he was drafted in 2018 the power with his size never really came has never posted a runs created plus over 100 as he's moved beyond low a he was interesting in low a but again he was one of those guys you go back to 2018 it's like oh man look what he's doing in rookie ball but he was a 21 year old kid in rookie ball so you don't get to you got to look at that age relative stuff and yeah, he, he got a lot of chances in 2021. Most at-bats of his career, or played appearances and at-bats, I should say. Played in, in uh, across two levels, played in 80 games. Just didn't perform. Uh, at the end of the day, again, as they're moving guys up through the system, they had the outfield spots. Uh, he is the player who, uh, you know, got released. Another one who got released, uh, Kevin Coultier, was a 2019 33rd round draft pick out of, I want to say Mercer maybe is popping in my head. The thousandth player selected. Odds are already stacked against him. And then all those 2019 kids, it's just losing that first year in the minors. That 2020 season was huge. And he's actually had, like, you know, at first in 2019, again in rookie ball where he was much older than the level, he had a high strikeout rate. The strikeout rate has dropped down over the last few years. This past year, he spent some time in double A, spent some time in triple A, only got about 18 appearances working as a reliever did have uh 13 starts last year but they put him in as a 24 year old in high a and he wasn't missing enough bats and you're hoping okay we'll put him in the pen see what can happen he's missing less bats in the upper uh minors this year and the walk rate jumped and the fip wasn't great and it was again just a logical move and then i think the most surprising one to me was uh jared john johnziak who 2019 kid. He was a senior that year. 31st round draft pick out of TCU. Uh, again, these late, late picks for all of them. I'm just watching that attempt to 
tag. I'm pretty sure, yeah, he didn't get the tag on. Uh, but he was a guy who would just draft his junior, didn't sign, had a chance. I think he got the full like bonus there. And he had he's got two great secondary offerings. Again, losing that 2020 season hurt. He was a 26-year-old last year in high A, and this year a 27-year-old in double A. And there just wasn't... We talked about how great the minor league depth is. Well, there's just so many arms. There's no place for him. He got nine innings pitched this year working out of the pen. He's only He's been a reliever the whole time. No starts in the minors. Last year as a 26-year-old in high A. Yeah, he missed a lot of bats, but he also walked six guys per nine. And that's not going to fly in this system. And that's essentially what it came down to. Uh, fastball is far and away the worst pitch. And he, it, 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 he had to be so secondary heavy. And then the control was an issue. And it just wasn't there. And at 27 years of age, it's, it's just hard. When you're already that old in the system, you're behind. He was 24 when he was drafted. Like that is an old player. To be 24 in your draft year it makes it very difficult. Now, if you're already kind of a guy who, I assume he was one of those guys. It's uh, four years, maybe a red shirt in there, so that gives you five. And if you were 19 at some point during that first summer of you know after you graduated, I assume he was like 18, then turned 19 not long after high school ended. I mean, I'm someone like that. I'm not saying it's a negative, but it does make it hard in your draft. So he was let go as well. And again, they're going to have to start making moves. Uh, clearing up spots for um, for players as they get healthy. I mean, uh, activated and for the draft. Also really interesting, Zach Meisel uh, tweeted out that Daniel Spino has, uh, you know, that he he's resumed throwing in Arizona. Um, I'm not sure when he's going to come back. The really interesting thing from his tweet was, everything we had told was it was a knee soreness. Uh, his tweet mentioned shoulder soreness. We had not heard there was a shoulder issue with Daniel Espino. That also explains why dude went on to miss. You know, he hasn't pitched since April. He missed all of May, most of June. He's essentially been gone for two months. Uh, that also makes it a lot bigger of a concern for me. I don't know about anyone else. Uh, and then I wanted to quote this tweet from uh, John Elrod that through five games in this series, Akron starters have surrendered two earned run and nine nine hits in 28.1 innings. Uh, yesterday, Tanner Burns threw four innings, zero hits, zero earned runs, five Ks. <laughs> Again, Akron. Man, it just, that rotation is absolutely filthy. And that's part of the problem for, uh, I mean, Savales. Part of the problem for Savales is he's just still all the base runners can't get an out. I, I don't know if anyone's up because, again, I haven't muted, but it, someone needs to be up in this one or this is going to get out of hand. You're playing with fire. He's had two innings of like runners in scoring position and getting lucky to a degree. Like to sit back and act like, it, oh, everything's fine. It's like the, the picture, right? Everything's fine when things are burning all around you. Now you got guys on first and second with nobody out. And, you know, he's been buoyed in this game by a double play, which you can't always count on, and a thrown out base runner. Like it's not like he has been, okay, he's gotten on the ropes and he's fought his way back. It's no. And you get the top of the lineup. I feel like this one's going to get... And there we go. Did we get another double play? I, oh, bad throw. Did that get a run across then? Yep. I mean, I, anyone else feel like this? they're probably going to get swept this weekend? It's just... I, I don't see any way they don't right now. Like, again, Savale is 52 pitches. He's got one out. 
Um, so if I'm watching this play again, and kind of a slow down, it goes there. What? Oh, I mean, the ball was there. I mean, Miller just doesn't get hit. I mean, I know it's low, but Miller's got to get the glove down. Again, I'm fine with him platooning in this situation. But understand, the defensive first base is a disaster. Still have to face the rest of the middle of this lineup. But yeah, Cleveland's overall depth is is phenomenal. That's part of the reason some of these arms got released. It's part of the reason, too, like, I stand that I think this team's probably going to lean bat in college. And when the draft comes very soon... Uh, I think one of the reasons this team's going to continue to lean college is now we have so much data. And, you know, a lot of colleges will give you the data. You can see things like hard hit. You can see things like spin rates. You know, uh, Janzik, who they just released, was a spin rate darling on the secondary pitches. You're looking at data like that, and it's easier. You have a better chance at success with a college player because you have so much more information. So I still think I would have them on a college player. And I think a bat over an arm because the arms at that point in the draft are very weak. And the bats are, uh, you know, it's a very good class. It, it, but again, I, I will say this. All that goes out the window because I really think the true honesty is that they are going to go for whoever slides. Uh, hopefully not in the first base. We haven't seen that in a while, at least. Disappointing game right here. Uh, this one, it's, you know, maybe I can reverse jinx the heck out of it right now. But we know uh, Savale has looked pretty terrible uh, in this one. He could have been another potential double play to get out of it. But... When you're just looking, he's had four hits, two walks, and a hit batter, seven. He's got seven outs and seven base runners. That's not going to fly um, through the course of a game. It's kind of amazing it's only one earned run so far. But, yeah, I mean, they're going to be two games back of the Twins. They'll have a five-game series, but it just... You want to talk about taking the wind out of the sails. I'm sure if I look at my, like, what this video today is either going to be highly watched because of people being mad and wanting to hate watch it or it's going to be one of my worst watched because people are just so frustrated they don't want to even think about the guardians and again like i can't you look at this lineup for today it is a lineup that does not put you in a position to win it just doesn't uh it's a lineup that puts you in a position to to not score runs to not get offense and savale last start was good uh the start with his injury was solid but I, I still, I'm not seeing it with him this year. And then, I can't, I, I, right now with the Guardians, you have to feel good about Naylor, Andres. Ahmed's been fine. I'll, I'll get off Ahmed. Jose, if he's healthy, I'm a little bit concerned about his health. This is not a team where you sit back and go, everything's good. They could still add talent. They should add talent. I talked about it on Friday's show. Go listen to some of the trade ideas. They need to go out and add something. Catcher just isn't working. I don't care how good the defense is because they're also not throwing guys out. And again, that might be more on the pitchers than them. But if that's part of the total package, and if you're going to have pitchers who don't set you up to be successful in that way, then you're only doing it for the framing. And, I, you know, it, framing data, there's some organizations that live by it, others who don't. It's hard for me to say. It, it is definitely a benefit, but how big of a benefit I don't know how, if it's ever been quantified into something like wins. But this is a team that has needs, and they have a ridiculous amount of prospect depth. And if they don't go out and make trades, they're going to lose like three to four guys in the Rule 5. I guarantee—I I would put the over-under a three. 
guarantee. Because they just they don't have the spots. You know, they're going to have to let two people go uh, to add you know, two of the 60 men or 60 men. Uh, yeah. 60 day disabled, uh, players back in before the year is done. I mean, your only vets are Maley and Shaw. So, uh, at the end of the year, you have two open spots that you can easily fill with, uh, top prospects who need to be added like Daniel Espino and, uh, more. It's like, if you don't add more than that, you're going to lose them. So they really need to go out. And I know it's not, we haven't seen many moves yet at all, but they need to add, Four to five, or four to five. They need to trade four to five guys to really just clear up their forty-man mess and help consolidate uh, talent. And again, if it's Santander, great. You have multiple years of control. If it's someone like David Bednar, great. Multiple years of control. That's what we're looking at. I'm not necessarily saying rental at anywhere outside of catcher because how Bo Naylor's playing, but it is hard to have watched this team over the past you know four to five days and feel like that they are one to feel like they're just done because that would be silly. But I think just to look at them and realize they're close. This is a team that's close, but definitely needs a little bit more help. Uh, before I end going long as always, I also want to point out, uh, I talked about Espino's getting close to coming back. At least he's throwing uh, Gabriel Arias is uh, playing in triple uh, a right now. So he is back. That is one player closer to the big leagues. Um, we'll have to see how it plays out. Cause again, I still think Rosario is a very likely trade candidate. Uh, he's just, you know he is a, a two and a half win player. He's just a solid guy. He's not spectacular, but you'll get good use out of him. But they still need to go out and consider how they can make their team better and how they can do that in a hurry. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been Locked On Guardians podcast. Remember, rate, review, download daily. It helps. Subscribe over on the YouTube. Uh, you know, like I said, we're getting close to the draft, so there will be more draft content. Even if you are not a Guardians fan, that is something I can offer you is just uh, some fun draft content as well. And as I end every show, well, here, let's do our check-in on the channel. Let's see how many subscribers we have. 314, so let's get up to 350. Well, like the Guardians and as I end every show now, go, go, Guardians, go.